0: Hi, I'm Ariana, and I'm Kaylee, and welcome back to the unproblematic podcast. This podcast focuses on us 2 20 something Midwest friends. In this podcast, we talk about life, college, travel, feminism, social justice, relationships, and of course, literature and writing. So come join us on our podcasting journey.
1: In today's conversation, we are going to be talking about the importance of representation in media, specifically the importance of blackness and how it's portrayed in the media, because Lord knows it has not been good for for a very long time. So Ariana is going to be talking about some of the harmful stereotypes that we've seen over the many, many decades um of terrible media coverage and some of the movies and plots that she would like to see in the future portraying blackness so we are excited to get into that conversation today but first our reads and watches so I am currently so I'm not on a bird theme but it did kind of work out that I just finished Haruki Murakami's The Wind-Up Bird Chronicle and I just started Jailbird by Kurt Vonnegut and I don't know if that was like a word association that made me go for that book after I finished um White Up Bird Chronicle, but that's currently what I'm reading. And I'm also reading a short book that's basically like I think like a professor from U Chicago's thesis. It was on sale at the seminary book co-op, which I spent way too much money at over my year in Chicago, but it was worth it. It was four dollars for this thesis that's called The Paradox of Liberation, um, Secular Revolutions and Religious Counter-Revolutions. And it's a book that focuses specifically specifically on Israel, Algeria and India and the secular revolutions and then like religious fundamentalist backlash after those revolutions. So it's been pretty interesting so far. Um, It's definitely like surface level, I think, meant to be pretty accessible to like non-academic folks like myself, who are not super well versed in the terminology for it. Uh, But yeah, it's been really good so far. So that's what I'm reading and I'm watching something a lot more lighthearted, Hometown Cha 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 on Netflix, which is just kind of a way to like see scenic views of South Korea and practice my Korean by listening. So yeah, that's what I'm watching. But Ariana, what are you reading and watching right now?
0: Um, I am currently reading The 1619 Project by Dr. Nicole Hannah-Jones and it is spectacular. So it's she edited it and she wrote some of the pieces in it and then it's like a collection of different stories on different aspects of um history so basically the book like the 1619 project focuses on history in the united states beginning in 1619 um which is when the first slave ship was brought over uh to the 13 colonies so it's starting um history based on this perspective instead of how schools typically start history starting at like 1776 um mm. it's really well done and it's the chapters focus on different aspects so like the one one I read on fear and the way that fear played a role in the way that white people treated um and enslaved black people um the way that sugar played a role uh in the slave trade and um um, what was the other chapter? Th- there's a bunch of different chapters and there's like poetry p- uh, poems in between the um, chapters. And it's really good. I'm reading it for a book club right now. So we're I'm going to be on this for like n- January and February. So this month is the first half, but I'm really enjoying it so far.
1: Mm. And- yeah, I think it has to be a well-written book because there's so much movement to get it banned in public schools right now, which people don't ban poorly written books. So I think- <laughs> that's right it. you're right
0: people don't ban that's a quote people to, <laughs> people don't ban books that are really well written um and really well researched and the thing yeah. is, people are like we don't want this in our schools but like with critical race theory they're saying they want it they don't want it in schools it was never there you can't take something you can't take something out that was never there um and they don't understand what it is so basically this book is just telling basic history it's giving accurate history that's not some type of fantasy and whitewashed so I think to truly overcome things you need to actually acknowledge and change your actions it's not by putting stuff under the rug it doesn't change anything it doesn't fix anything it just makes the problem worse and make sure that it occurs again Um, but I recommend this book to anyone like (laughs) if you if you know a racist maybe gift this book to them so (laughs) yeah
1: if you know anyone yeah thank you if you know anyone
0: yeah not just a racist but I'm just like that would just it would just burn them up like it's just bait it's it's not I don't know if they think it's lies or what but it's it's really really good and I commend um Dr. uh Nicole Hannah Jones for writing that, and um, I'm really enjoying it. So I'll be done with it at the end of February. And I've been highlighting nice. crap out of it. I've been highlighting. So <laughs> I've been writing little notes down. So hopefully uh, I'll be able to share those with you, Kaylee, late a little later.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I definitely I need to read that in the color of change. It's been a couple years since that was even like in the press, is super popular, but I still haven't read it. So like what? both of those. I really need to read
0: is that the one about housing I yeah I think you own it I'm pretty sure I I saw it on Instagram yeah yes (laughs) yes I'm like there's so many there's so many books I'm like (laughs) I'm like let me think which one is this but yeah you're right um yeah and I'm watching um before the 90 days and the thing with this show is it's like the people the couples meet before they decide if they want to get married in 90 days. And this season has so many couples from Michigan. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, Ooh. is this, is, is this what we represent? Is this who we are? And, <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching this. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm really, I'm really embarrassed.
1: <laughs> okay. So as a side note, this is very strange. Um, my friend from Michigan, who's also a foreigner, well, duh, she's from Michigan. Okay, anyway. Oh, she, she was watching, there's this show in Korea that's super popular called Singles Inferno. And it's basically like a Korean, n- not 90 Day Fiance, but you know, like a reality show, like that kind of thing. Like the Love Island or whatever, but it's oh set in God. Korea. Yeah, and there was apparently this scene that she posted on Instagram. And these like contestants were talking and they said, oh yeah, the atmosphere here has got a very foreign vibe it's very Michigan and we were like she was like what and my reaction was also like what like Michigan is known for a lot of things but like a wealth of culture is not really one of them like people don't say like oh you're going to the USA you've got to visit Michigan you've got to go to Lansing like no one <laughs> really says that I... but it was just it was funny
0: I'm screaming and speaking of Love Island. My cousin's best friend was a contestant on Love Island.
1: <laughs> no way. I'm not what? even I'm not even kidding. I'm serious. Uh it but I think it's so funny people are like there's all these articles that come out that's like singles inferno is fake. It's all scripted. And it's like well no duh. Do you know how boring this would be if it was real? If it was like true to real life, like no one would watch it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes it entertaining. Um, Yeah. But there's there's so many. Sorry, what were you gonna say? I was just saying that there's so many of those reality dating shows out there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And the 90 Day Fiance one, I don't know. It would just, the thing that bothers me about 90 Day Fiance is like all of the wealthy, ugly people and all of the beautiful people from developing nations like that's so many couples and is, it really drives nuts.
0: no but you're missing it the thing is like most of those people don't even have like most of the like white men over there going to get going and get their like find their bride or whatever don't even have money like the one from Michigan doesn't even have a job right now and he's over there traveling internationally he's like and like the girl that he's with like they're not like I don't think that they're compatible and like she really likes luxury items and she like dresses really well and he's very like he dresses like a dad from Michigan like with the sandals the shorts the hat like very plain and like they like their priorities are just in different areas and I'm just like this is not this is a toxic this is gonna be real toxic. And I'm like, you just see those things where it's like things are building and it's like about to blow up in someone's face. But other than yeah. that, it's it's entertaining. You're never bored with 90 Day Fiance, but that is not the point of today's episode. <laughs> today's episode is about representation in the media. And we're not talking about Michigan in, uh, in, <laughs> in reality. Media. Yeah, so uh Personally, for, for most of my lifetime and my lifetime, like I've been alive that long and a lot of other people's, uh, the media has been consumed by whiteness. And what I mean by this is there has been a lack of diversity in casting and storytelling um, through different platforms. So this can occur in like movies, TV shows and books. And in my opinion, it has remained very stagnant up until recently, I'd say it probably like the last five or six years that has really taken off. And with in in these, in terms of like these, these, um, these casts, these castings, the, the BIPOC characters are typically either like the sidekick. They either face traumatic, traumatic, traumatic events, or like they're very offensive and stereotypical. And I think like as a black woman I see many characters who who suffer a lot of trauma and are put on the back burner in these in these characters as these characters. And it's like you just think of like the sassy black friend or the the black friend who's always like going through something they never get the happy ending or the person who's always killed off first. And like whether or not, we know it. We do internalize what we see in the media. And I'm not just talking about black people. I'm talking about everyone. Like everyone internalizes what they see in the media and what like in how they are portrayed. Um, So it can can show up in many, many forms.
1: Mm.
0: So I think it's important to see yourself in the media and for me, it shows that like, if you're seeing special stories being pulled or a variety of stories being told, it shows it, it shows that your story matters and that it's worthy of attention. And I'm sick of seeing POC and black people portrayed as the villains, the best friend, the funny best friend, uh, people who face trauma on a regular basis. Like they never get a happy ending. Um, I've seen enough of those. We need some new, fresh stuff. Like I'm I'm over it. And as a black woman, I want to see black love without trauma. Like, can't they just be happy? Like, do they both have to suffer? Um, I want comedies where we are not the butt of the joke. We want vampires. We want spies. We want scientists. We want all the good stuff that white characters get to have. And um, it's not that it's a lot of times people like, an example that comes to my mind is when, well, James Bond, they're like, oh, we need a black James Bond. We need a woman, James Bond. How about we come up with something else? Like that's so mm. played out. It's done. It's over. Let's come up with some new ideas. I'm sick of like, let's, let's cast this person as so-and-so. Like, let's come up with new characters. Cause I think that would be a lot better than replaying the same thing. Like I'm sick of these reboots. I'm sick of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So get into like, So getting to specifically um, in the Marvel universe, I think a lot of these examples are, but not all of them, like what like representations of Blackness are like problematic and what have you seen in the Marvel universe and in other like books and media that is specifically frustrating?
0: Um, I mean, this isn't just like a Marvel thing, but I am going to give some examples of um, a, like a trope that has played out in Marvel and in many other, you know, cases. But I, the funny black friend, you always have that friend who's there to joke around, who is just like there on the side, but they're never, you never get an in-depth look on who they are. They're just there for the jokes. They're there to support the main character. And like, you don't get to know them that well. And oh i just thought of another example but basically i was just saying that like shows they're there their whole purpose of being even in that show is to support the main white character they don't get their own like subplot you don't even get to learn that much about them it's very like it's it's very shallow and marvel's favorite trope is the how would i say this marvel's favorite trope is the POC sidekick uh, and what I mean by this I'm going to give a bunch of examples guys so the OG Captain America and the sidekick who is the Falcon Sam Wilson is black you've got Iron Man a white man and then you've got Rhodey who's war machine who's black you've got the main character in the like Falcon and the Winter Soldier who is the new Captain America who I don't like who is John Smith and his sidekick is Battlestar, which is a horrible, horrible name, and he's black. And then you've got Tom H- Holland Spider-Man, and you have Ned, who is Filipino. And then you have Captain Marvel, who is white. And then you have the sidekick, Ma- uh, Maria Rambo, who's black. And then in Thor, you have Thor, and then uh, Val- uh, Valkyrie, who is a black woman. And then in Doctor Strange, oh God, don't get me started on Doctor Strange. You have <laughs> Doctor Strange and Wong. like. There are so many things wrong with Dr. Strange's movie. Like
1: I having thought, Tilda Swinson as the Buddhist monk, I cannot like, who thought imagine, that was a good idea? Imagine
0: going to Nepal to like find your calling and like the person who's supposed to teach you your these ways is a bald white woman. Like what? You traveled all the way over to, to when, when, you, when, they, when he got there. I'm sorry, I'm speechless. When he got there. I was shocked I was like this is the teacher like I was like this has to be some form of cultural appropriation
1: yeah that is oh my gosh that is so Los Angeles San Francisco like a white Buddhist monk do not I can't uh. (laughs) like
0: But the thing with, but also the last example I had from Marvel was Wanda and Monica Rambo. and they always play these characters who are always at the main character's back and call, and you don't really get to learn about their backstory that much. And it's always like they're they're sacrificing themselves, um, putting the main character first, and like they're just always pushed to the sh- to the side. Like you don't get to learn anything about them. They're just there to help, and I'm like. These characters are so cool. And a lot of times like the main characters just use them as stepping stones or like use them to dump emotionally. Um, and mm-hmm. the, thing, the thing with um, Doctor Strange and Wong was, the thing that rubbed me the wrong way is that Wong was like, he had his talents for, like he had his like sorcery talents for a long time. And he had been doing that for a while. And then Doctor Strange, gets in a car accident and busts his hands and then he goes to this temple and gains these powers I'm just like this man has been like Wong has been here the whole time and then like this guy comes and gets it I and then like he's the sidekick and I'm
1: like are you kidding me like yeah and the fact that they sort of drew this very strong comparison with like orientalism ish should I say that like knowing that's a loaded term like as like a magic type idea but it's almost just this way of not explaining what the power is you know but if they say it's Asian it's like oh the western audience will just think oh it's magic like that makes sense because like Asia has had such a specific representation in western media of just being like mysterious and inscrutable because western cultures don't care to get to know what what specific countries histories actually are it just all gets conglomerated into like this quote-unquote mystery and I think and then to have the white characters like appropriate that quote-unquote power is just so yeah like ridiculous If, if you would have told me
0: like what is Wong's background or what is Valkyrie's background or like anything besides them being the best friend or them having a past together, which you don't know anything about. They just say they have a past or they have a, like, so they have a friendship or whatever. You don't know anything about these characters. And like, one thing I like about Sam Wilson, who's like the Falcon is like, he got his own spinoff show, but you find out later why it's for a reason. Um, but like, he was the, like, this man put his, his life in the Winter Soldier This man put his life on hold so he could go help this man and like, save the city. I mean, you guys can't see me doing quotation marks, but they like really tear it up. (laughs) But but like, it's like putting everything on hold just for this person. It's like their whole trauma is dismissed. And these people are actual human beings who have stories to tell themselves. But yeah, it's the, like, why do you always have to have the best friend who's POC Um, in some books I've seen? Like when I was growing up, I feel like a lot of times now I'm starting to see a lot of like Black authors and POC authors coming out with so many amazing pieces of work. And this is including like movies, television shows, and books. Um, But right now I'm focusing on books. And when I was growing up, like my favorite series they typically weren't like the black characters were not the main characters they were the best friends and like for me it's like it kind of like insinuates well like your story is never going to be number one like it's not that important so like you should be you sh- your whole goal your whole reason for being here is to help a white person um yeah. and like some examples would be like in the Gallagher Girl series, like I really do love that series and it's well-written, but the whole thing of her best friend being British and black, like you don't get, like you learn her parents are in MI6, but like other than that, she's the cool spunky black girl who has a British accent and she's so beautiful and so stylish, but that's it. But then like these girls who are like the main characters are like kind of bland, like, the. <laughs> I was talking about this earlier with Kaylee. I was saying that the main girl's nickname is literally the chameleon because she blends in. Like, I guess that's a good thing if you're a spy, but like, it's it's a very interesting dynamic. And I've seen this multiple times. Like, I've seen it in um, Divergent with Tris and Christina. You have you have that white woman and then black girl, uh, black woman um, duo. Best
1: yeah, the best friend, you have the Katniss and Rue, like, I was gonna say, this might be a topic for a whole different episode, but don't you think that's kind of also part of the problem, like you said, chameleon, but, like, a lot of, like, Katniss and Triss are both in the books described as being plain, and being sort of, like, an every woman, and the fact that they're white and, and plain, quote-unquote, I think is also problematic, right, yeah, because, yeah,
0: but, like, but my thing is like, in real life, has being plain has being a has not being sorry has being plain and unoriginal gotten people anywhere? No, like <laughs> those aren't the people who are leading movements. Those aren't the people who are organizing. The people who are plain and like blend into society. Like, <laughs> and then, like, huh? Like in the thing with like. Katniss, she wasn't trying to start a revolution. She was just trying to save her sister's butt, which is completely fine. It's completely fine. But I was just like, you always have that one person, like the white main character and then the black spunky girl, like, oh, I'm bored, I'm bored. Yeah. And then like the thing, another example in like movies and TV is like the Vampire Diaries with Elena and Bonnie. Bonnie faced so much trauma, like just because who her friend was and because she was like the black character and the thing is a lot of these people the one who played um bonnie her name is cat graham based a lot of racism on set and like her character faced a lot of trauma because <clears throat> they tried killing her off multiple times like the people on set were so racist not because they should have killed her off but because they just felt like it And people, like some of her co-stars had to say, like, you can't just kill this character off because you don't like them. And it plays a role, sorry, it plays a role into like how things appear in the media, if that makes any sense.
1: Mm.
0: What else? Clueless, Cher and Dion, and then Gilmore Girls, Rory and Lane. Like, they're just there. Uh,
1: Ugh,
0: yeah. (laughs) They're just there. to help like I want like these are interesting characters I want to learn about what who they are like you don't know much about them outside of that
1: yeah um, yeah and like uh yeah I mean like I'm not <laughs> I don't I'm not gonna go into it like a lot because I realize like I'm not Korean so I don't have this experience but it just seems like very problematic that like they definitely juxtapose Lane's mom against Lorelai a lot as like Lane's mom is like strict and not compassionate and doesn't really and like doesn't really understand Lane and Lane just wants to break away from her versus Lorelai who's like the cool fun parent and it's like in the way that like Lorelai keeps trying to like almost like go against Lane's mom in season 1 and season 2 especially when they're both in high school um just very wrong which we can see how Rory and Lane turned out Lane turned out a lot better not to spoil the season for anybody I don't know (laughs) if you're gonna watch all nine seasons but like Lane got her act together and (laughs) is like living out her dream doing amazing things Rory's still kind of a mess so like who did better Lorelai or Lane's mom if you look at Lane and Rory
0: (laughs) oh my gosh or do you remember like (laughs) Do you remember Ned and Cookie from Ned's Declassified? Like his- I've never seen that show. Oh. He's like, like the, his best friend is like a nerd and he's there to like help him with his schemes. Like, okay, like, okay, cool. But I just, we can do better.
1: We, yeah. So going into segment four Ariana, who are some of your favorite Black writers, and what kind of movies do you want to see in the future with all Black casts and favorite Black authors?
0: Yeah, Um, I really enjoy uh, Yaa Gyasi's Brit Bennett. I really enjoy Octavia Butler's work. Um, There's so many great authors out there. Um, I would like to say that, though, within the last six, six years, I have seen some tremendous improvements in terms of highlighting Black and other POC authors um, and even in like shows, but it's just like, we still have a long way to go because like, ah, there's so much more to Black and POC people instead of just like being the sidekick. Um, I think my thing is let people tell their own stories We all have so much to say, and there's not really a need. There's no need to take someone else's voice or speak for them. And like, this might be on a tangent, but I'm like sick of seeing people profit off of black trauma. Um, Like if you do some research, like some of these pieces of work or like books and stuff where they try to highlight stuff is like written is written by white people. Like let other people tell their own stories. Like they don't need you to tell it. And I think this is going back into the white saviorism. Like I just think of the help, like with the whole point of writing, what was the whole point of writing that book? Like you profited Mm -hmm. off of the backs of black people, but um, going back to the book leads with uh, POC um, people, the poppy war by rf kuang is really good i'm and these ones i'm talking about are specifically with sci-fi because i had mentioned earlier that like we want spies we want superheroes we want like vampires and weird sci-fi stuff too like we we want more like we like there's just not there's just not enough, but I, in ter- I mean, in movies, but with books, like there's so much good stuff out there that's coming out with within the recent years. And these are all relatively new within the last 10 years, except for Octavia Butler. Um, I said on here, anything that she's written, <clears throat> anything that she's written is really good. Um, so the Poppy War by RF Kuang, Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi uh, Adeyemi. And then An Ember in the Ashes by Saba Tahir. And then Legendborn by Tracy Dion. And then The Conductors by Nicole Glover are all really good. So I've read all of them except for Legendborn, which is on my list to read in 2022. So those are some areas to start off with. And in terms of shows, um, I'm really enjoying Abbott Elementary, which just came out on Hulu. And it's by Quinta Brunson which for me, it's like, it's filmed like the office and parks and rec, but it's focused in a black public school and like with black teachers. Um, and it's really good. It's really good. It's a, it's a good mm-hmm. comedy. That's not, it's not focused on trauma. It's actually, it's just so funny. It's good. And, if and I'm not-
1: assuming like the writers are black for that show.
0: Quinta Brunson, Is the writer. She's Black and she also plays the main character. So it's really good.
1: Uh, And the thing with like, and the thing with like Issa
0: Rae, um, she did a great job with Insecure. I hadn't seen it yet, but I've just seen so many great things about her. But I did read her book. And Kaylee and I were talking about this earlier. But we both, if something comes out with Black or POC people, we're going to support it. We're going to watch it. We're going to read it, whatever. But this movie that Issa Rae was in, what's the man's name? I can't remember his name, but I just remember because I, I wanted to see it because Issa Rae was in it. And it's called Lovebirds. It was so bad. I'm so sorry. Like, I, that movie, I did not enjoy. I don't know if it like it was like a serious comedy, if that makes any sense.
1: Uh, Kumal Nanjiani, because he was in The Big Sick and I loved him in The, B, in the Big Sick.
0: I ne- What is that one about? I didn't see that.
1: It's just like a, a romance, um, but it's really funny. It's like a, it's more comedy, I think, than romance, but, um, but you know what? I did watch it when I was a freshman in college. So actually I should rewatch it and see if I still think it's funny. <laughs> but I remember at the time I was like, wow. Ooh, so edgy. But I don't know if I'll think that now, but um. Yeah, he's, like, he's just a very funny um, comedian. And he's, like, also a writer. And I feel like when comedians write the movie, they can give themselves more leeway. But for some reason, yeah, Lovebirds did not work out.
0: We were watching this, because we were watching this in 2020 during, like, the, during the beginning of the pandemic. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, am I losing my sense of humor? Is this not funny? Like, I just didn't yeah. find it even even like even entertaining like I didn't feel like them as characters had like couple chemistry
1: yeah they really didn't and 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 but I feel like also they didn't need to have couple chemistry to make it a good movie they just needed like slightly better writing there needed to be something the jokes were like driving funny. the narrative you know the jokes weren't even funny
0: but I also recommend yeah. reading Issa Rae's uh, book um, the Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl. It was really good. I read it in high school. Um, I really enjoyed it. But basically, like, if you're only watching things or reading things that are done by white people, uh, you're you're not well-read or well-watched or well-versed or whatever. Um, expand, expand what you're reading. Like, there's no better time than now because so many... I I think one thing that I really enjoy about being on like Bookstagram is the amount of Black literature and literature um, written by POC authors that has been um, promoted. And I really, really enjoy learning more about new authors because I think we have so much to offer. Um, Yeah, yeah, but I think if you're trying to get like started on like sci-fi with non-white main characters, those are some good ones to check off. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. So Those were overall, yeah, just be on the lookout for some, I mean, just, I guess just search and, you know, promote, promote um, these pieces that are written by um, Black and POC authors and movies if you know that like a black person or a person of color directed a movie like make sure you go see it because like you want to make sure that like those films do well
1: I wanted to also bring up have you heard of Michaela Cole Chewing Gum yes but I haven't seen Chewing Gum (laughs) Chewing Gum is so (laughs) Chewing Gum I guess i have to watch that But I saw her in Black Remembered Earth, which is super serious, because it's about the Rwandan genocide, which, you know, traumatic. But like, what is so crazy about that show is like, the acting is phenomenal, because it's Michaela Cole and John Goodman, but the writing was terrible. Um, So it's like this weird, you feel torn the entire time, like, is this good? Is it not? But the writing wasn't good. But she wrote and directed this show called I May Destroy You, and it was nominated for a golden globe i don't know what the award names are what like, is it golden on? globes for tv right i think i don't know what is it on
0: though i want to watch the
1: hbo i know which is why i can't because it's hbo which is dumb but yeah which my friend gave me her hbo password but i can't use it in korea like hbo even saw through my um vpn just so sad
0: <laughs> but oh um, my gosh no i yeah I use my family's uh, HBO Max, but I'll, you, you got to watch Chewing Gum. I, when I first saw Chewing Gum, it was on Netflix. Cause I thought it was a Netflix original, but my sister just
1: watched it on HBO. So I don't know what it oh. is, Oh, but it was hilarious. Okay. I've heard it's really good. I need to watch it cause I love Michaela Cole, but um, there was like, okay. So this prompted an international external audit I've talked to Arianna a little bit about how t- much I hate Emily in Paris already, but <clears throat> because Emily in Paris won a golden globe and wow. I may destroy you was nominated and I may destroy you was so uh, much objectively better than Emily in Paris. That literally there's an audit into the whole golden globes award system right now, because they're like, there's no way that people actually voted for Emily in Paris over and so there's all this like investor fraud, um, where they show that like the producers of Emily in Paris like paid for extensive vacations in Paris for all of the voters in the Golden Globes award system. And but literally people wouldn't even know this if it hadn't been such a terrible show that won the Golden Globes at the expense of such an amazing show. like <laughs> there's just so but,
0: good yeah. there's just so many good pieces out there. Um that are done by Black women, Black people, um, POC people. Um, so I will check that out because I do have <laughs> but I will not, Like Actually, we, we said we weren't going to watch Emily in Paris, but we might actually because we want to do an episode ripping Emily in Paris a new one.
1: yeah maybe just one episode yeah because I really don't want to give it time Time. on the The pilot (laughs) we'll watch the pilot (laughs) Um, Uh. but like also I just forgot to
0: say I forgot to say this but like someone posted on TikTok saying like um like typically like if you have like a black character that's on a white show and you have them on there and then like they're either like extreme like they're either killed off in a brutal way killed off quickly or just tortured like they just face so much trauma like mm. i even like even in good shows you see it occur and it's just like it's so ingrained in our society and in our brains that it just goes over our heads like mm. but <sighs> Yeah, I have not much else yeah. to say
1: than that. <laughs> and like, I can't even imagine how frustrating it must be for like readers of color in Hollywood because, like, I'm sure there are great writers, like, we know, like Michaela Cole, like, trying to get their work off the ground, but it's like, it's just yeah. such a corrupt system. And the yeah,
0: thing, like, the thing is, like, about like these amazing black authors it really is about like who has the funding it's not about who's the best writer um and like i'm so happy now that like i'm so happy now that children like who are growing up and teenagers now have access to these am- amazing pieces of literature that are that aren't about trauma racism like i i think it's important for for people to have like creative spaces and spaces where, areas where they aren't being traumatized or tortured. They We deserve peace in some aspect of our lives. Um. And I think, I think I'm in that that age group that missed it just by a smidge because like I, when we were in middle school, we were up there reading Divergent, Hunger Games, Matched, like the Maze Runner. And then now like in, in the book, I'm not talking about these, not the movies, I'm talking about the books. So like now these huge books are like with um Children of Blood and Bone that came out when we were in college so like I was even though you're never too old to read YA but I'm just saying it would have been nice to read that when I was in YA but you're never too old to read to read YA so yeah
1: yeah literary genres are like pretty fluid and ridiculous but that's a whole nother episode so yeah what is YA anyway (laughs) yeah like I don't think I don't uh, like I don't want to say like
0: I'm it's just that the only thing i mean by that is that like it's nice to read about people who are your own age so if i was 16 17 it would have been nice to see these heroes like going through these things when i when they were my age compared to like it's nice it's, it's def- i'm definitely happy and definitely like i'd rather have it now than not have it at all but like it's just like it's it's different it's different reading different books at different ages like if i was to read like when well, we were growing up, what I have, the click, the click was good, but like the click was <laughs> so, when I was reading that, like I wasn't reading it. I know some people were reading the click and they're like, wow, like, I can relate to this. I was reading that because I'm like, oh, that's how other people live. Like,
1: Yeah, same. Like that's, that's how
0: other people live. That's not how I live, but you go off. Um, it's, <laughs> I like, I, I was doing a lot of reading and I wasn't seeing a lot of myself in those pieces of work. So, I mean, I'm like, Oh, I guess that's just for white people. But now I'm seeing that these pieces are being written where they're not being traumatized. And I'm like, it gives me a little hope. We always move one step forward and a bunch in like, we always um, go a couple steps forward and one step back because like, as I'm saying this, these other pieces of work are coming out. Like someone's doing, it's called, I think women of the movement and I think some, they're not I think, I know they're doing, the first episode was on Emmett Till and Mamie uh, Till. And I'm just like, this is gonna be so traumatic. Like I haven't even been able mm. to watch When They See Us yet because I know I'm gonna be so traumatized. I know Ava DuVernay is so talented and I want to watch it for her, but I just know that that's going to rip me to shreds. Like, mm. it's, it's sad, but uh. I'm. I'm just. Glad. Yeah. I'm just it's.
1: It's really crazy when you think about all the like, quote unquote, like biracial romance movies. Like, there's always a white person. Why is there always a white? Per- like, the there is, should be other. Yeah. And then when you think of biracial, you always think of like,
0: one race and white. You can be biracial and not have whiteness in it. Mm -hmm. lovebirds had that but it just wasn't good like I'm not talking the characters weren't good I'm talking about like I didn't think the writing was I didn't think the I didn't like the story like I just think it would have been a different time a different place a different setting a different movie I would have loved loved it I wanted to love it so bad too um yeah but like it was like when you think of biracial it's always centered around whiteness like come on
1: mm-hmm.
0: come on come on come on so yeah
1: and like the the racist family members it's like yeah this whole nother conversation but it's like if you really love someone why would you expose them to that like yeah like
0: uh, people this is a whole nother episode guys and we're getting off on a tangent but i don't care <laughs> This whole thing of this whole trend of like, ha, my parents told me not to bring home a black person or bring home a person of color. And you know what I did? I didn't listen. I'm like, that is not the flex that you think it is. Like you're putting your significant other in danger. Like if I knew, if if I knew that like, I'm, I, I'm not in this position, but I'm just saying like, if, if I was dating someone and then I knew that their parents were racist, I'm not going over there, I'm staying far away like that, I'm not even going to subject myself to that kind of trauma. And is it even worth it being in a relationship if you can't even like truly be yourself around people and their family? Like that's a lifetime of terrible times.
1: Yeah. And I think like, I mean, myself included, like, I'm not saying I'm like arrived or anything, but I think like, like white people in general need to think about like, the civil rights movement is not a way for you to rebel against your family. The civil rights movement it like, you need to center people of color when you think about that and not just be like, I'm not like my family. Like, that's not a good perspective to have. Like, like it,
0: it's it's weird. It's really weird. Like, Oh my, pa- it's like my parents didn't want me to bring home this
1: type of person. Like
0: someone did, someone did. My mom didn't want me to bring home a black guy. So I brought home a black woman instead. What? Like, that's not the flex you think it is. Like, that is racist. Like, you guys subjecting, like, you're just subjecting your significant other to, like, you're setting them up for failure. I just, you guys have seen Get Out, like, come on. Like, yeah. I mean that was a bad example because that's not that's not the same type of example as
1: her really was evil which like, I know I'm uh, let's if she,
0: if she wasn't it'd be like that like if she wasn't but she was yeah. so, um that was not the best example but it's you get the gist
1: <laughs> right which like ignorance is still kind of an evil and I think like Jordan Peele was making that point of like whether like on the surface the significant other is like, oh, I didn't know this conflict was going to happen. Either way, like, ignorance is evil. Like, you know, if you don't, you know, like, you need to think about the well-being of your significant other. If yeah. you're that. But- and if you truly cared about them,
0: you wouldn't put them in those uh, scenarios. So, yeah, I mean, that's something to think about. <laughs> it's like, a, it's so weird. It's so weird. Like, if you date who you want to date but just like don't subject them to race, like to racism or them being harmed if you know like how your family is I just think that's just not right so yeah do what you will with that information
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah well this has been a great episode thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, Ariana, and um, about the Hollywood industry and media and books. And yeah, this is a really good episode, I think.
0: Thank you. And don't forget to support Black and POC uh, bookstores, movies. Like you guys can do that online. Like it's, it's, it's really cool. So thank you for listening.
1: Peace. Signing off.